0: Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are in the book of Deuteronomy, just about 10 chapters away from making it all the way through this book. So without further ado, let's pick up where we left off in chapter 26 with verse 1. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it. So again, this is the manifest destiny sort of rationale for stealing someone else's land and claiming it as your own, and colonizing it, that the people are being told what to do once they occupy the so-called promised land. Verse 2, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your hand that the Lord your God is giving you, I'm sorry, from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. So the people are being told when they occupy, colonize the land that they're going in to take over, the land of Canaan, as it used to be called, the land of Israel or Palestine, as it's currently called. Um, They're being told once they get there to gather some of the produce of the land, you know, meaning the fruit of the land, you know, the orchards and vineyards gather what they produce and... Get ready for an offering. Take it to the place, it says, where the Lord your God chooses. Meaning, take it to the holy place. Take it to the church, the synagogue, the temple, the tabernacle, of meeting. Take it to the place where worship, where the religion, religious worship occurs. Verse 3. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him... I declare today to the Lord your God that I've come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. So it's you take the offering, take it to the holy place, and declare that you have taken your part, your part of the land of that manifest destiny that is believed to be given by the Lord to the people. And, verse 4, then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. So don't read over that. The very primary thing that's seen about, again, that you have to make sure you do is make sure you bring something to the religion. Make sure you contribute to the the religion. Whenever it goes into these offerings and, and things, those are, like, demanded of the people because... Who profits from that? The religion does. So they're being told to make sure. They bring something to the religious leaders. Of that time. Verse 5. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God. My father was a Syrian. About the, And he went down to Egypt. And dwelt there. Few in number. And there he became a nation. Great, mighty, and populous. So. Um. The first thing that the people are to do once they take that offering is declare their lineage as being Syrian um, that's the area called Padanaram, where it says Abraham was from before it's clearly being called Syria at this point in the narrative so over to these five books of the Bible so far Abraham and his um Beginnings were first called Padan Aram, but now that area is being called Syria. So um, it lets us know the origins that the people trace themselves back to. Um, first off, as far as Abraham's lineage and let me see. Oh, and then it's to go into to remember the fact that they went down to Egypt because that's where the people eventually became enslaved And then from there, we're emancipated in the Exodus book of the Bible, the Exodus story, when the people were emancipated from enslavement in Africa and led to this point in Deuteronomy, where we're reading now, verse six, but the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us and laid hard bondage Um, on. So they're saying, remember how they were enslaved and mistreated and um, forced to serve hard labor as slaves in egypt and um yet you see lots of religions especially even people among the religion that were that jesus was born into uh, forget their heritage that there are black people at the roots of that religion, at near the very beginning of that religion. And if you don't want to say black people, say Africans then, since we don't know the te- the skin color of the people uh, back then in that region. But we know the skin color of the people there now. And we absolutely know the area was Africa. So whether they were black, brown, beige, whatever the color may be, we know they were African because that's where the story takes place. Uh, and that's where the people were for over 400 years. And the, much of the story is adjacent to that same area in Africa. So um people shouldn't forget where they came from. That seems to be the recurring theme of the um the book so far. Remember you were slaves. Remember you were slaves. Don't forget you were slaves. And yet people do put that out of their minds and try to assimilate to a lighter skin um history or narrative anyway, to um it seems to me assimilate with a more the groups that are in power now. I guess that's the best way I can say it. Verse seven. Um, then we cried out to the Lord our God. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So they're to remember that they were enslaved and they cried out for help. And then that's where uh, where the Exodus story um, comes in. Verse eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse eight. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. So that's the Exodus. Exodus story we read about with the ten plagues that culminated with the Passover, and then um, the Exodus from enslavement to where they are now. Verse nine. He's brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the manifest destiny part where. They believe they've been given the land by God, even though God doesn't clear out all the people in front of them. God didn't just make them appear there. God didn't sweep them up and put them there. Um, God let them struggle through the wilderness for 40 years. God massacred thousands and thousands and thousands of them along the way. But um, they're going over the, the history with the people so that they're being told to not forget it. Verse 10, And now, behold, I brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So that's the, it seems to me to be the point of it. Take your offering to the holy place and leave it there with the religious leaders. And, um, and then go on about your business and worship. Verse 11, So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you given to you and your house you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you so you're to rejoice in the um, fruit of the land that you've gone in and taken Um, but then notice how it mentions and the Levite that's the religious authority that's close by in each district basically and the stranger who is among you that's the one that often gets forgotten because if people really considering the stranger like it keeps saying people wouldn't um Harvest every corner of their fields like it says not to do. Yet people do exactly that and leave nothing for the stranger, the fatherless, the poor, the widow. Um, So some things are easily, are are often ignored and other things embraced. That whole manifest destiny, fully embraced so that you can take other people's stuff and um, prosper yourself. And the part about remembering the stranger, remembering you as slaves, that sort of just gets swept under the rug verse 12 when you finish laying aside all the tithe of your increase in third year the year of tithing and have given it to the levites the stranger the fatherless and the widow so that they may eat within your gates and be filled yeah that's what i was just talking about the the people who are you supposed to you're supposed to remember the least among us the people who aren't as uh blessed with the prosperity that they're receiving um They're supposed to be remembered, and something is supposed to be set aside for them every third. It says the third year, that's the year of tithing, it says. We know the seventh year is the year where the land is supposed to lie fallow, unworked, and yet neither of those, as far as I can tell, still get observed. Yet these are supposed to be forever statutes for the people to still be following. That's why he's telling them to tell your children, and so that they can know it for future generations, and for when they get to that land, they're going to verse 13 and you shall say before the lord your god i've removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the levite and the stranger the fatherless and the widow according to all your commandments which you've commanded me i've not transgressed your commandments nor have i forgotten them so um you're supposed to recite that when you do give your tithe in that third year and um in that way recall that you're being faithful to the commandments But something else about the tithes, it says that if the place where the tithe is to be offered, that holy place where you're supposed to take it, is too far for you, then you can um, enjoy that tithe wherever you're at and spend it on whatever you want. It said whatever your heart desires, whether it even be booze or whatever, you could spend it on that. So you can see how that gets uh, interpreted different ways so that in modern times, the churches that aren't even synagogues or temples say that the tithe is supposed to be given even if there's a pandemic going on That you're supposed to show up to the church with your tithe and don't show up without it it's not faithful to the original um, commandments at all and these original commandments don't seem to me to be what God Almighty is actually giving instead, like I've said before seems to me to be just the religion setting up its orders for the people to follow Because remember, the religious leaders themselves are exempt from these same rules. Or even if they aren't, they just don't um, follow them for themselves and they're considered blameless, as Jesus says. Verse 14, I've not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use. Nor given any of it for the dead. I've due, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that you have commanded me. So those are the first few things: the eaten any of it when in mourning, or removed any of it for young for unclean use. Those are things that it says you're not supposed to use the tithe for, although that contradicts what I just said where we read that if the place where the tithe is to be offered is too far, you can enjoy the tithe on whatever your heart desires. Um, But now it's saying this, so that's why we're reading it as it is, and um, you're supposed to declare your faithfulness to what the commandment is. Verse 15, look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, and the land which you've given us, just as you swore to our fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. So um, that land flowing with milk and honey basically is a way of saying a place of abundance, that they've made it to that place of abundance. So they're making an offering, a tithe of their thanks, and a tithe is just a 10th. Of, um whatever it is they're offering so if it's uh ten acres of wheat that they have and the, a tile of that would be an acre of that wheat um, that they're offering to the um to the religion to the religious leaders and it's said to be to the Lord but the Lord's not going to be the one eating the wheat um it's going to be the religious leaders and authorities who are going to get to use and enjoy that and prosper from it verse 16 this day the lord your god commands you to observe these statutes and judgments therefore you should be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul so they're being um the people are being admonished to make sure they abide by these statutes and judgments but again these weren't given when the ten commandments were given all of these have come subsequent subsequently to that um so are they really the commandments that the lord god almighty would have people all of humanity know for all time written in stone like the Ten Commandments? No, they're not. These are statutes and ordinances that seem clearly set up by the religion for the people to follow and um, be subject to. Verse 17, today you've proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in His ways and keep His statutes, His commandments and His judgments and that you will obey His voice. Um, I'm just going to check and see if Lord is here, is still being Translated from the name it is from the name Jehovah, that's where who Lord is being translated as, so that's who the people were worshipping as their Lord at the time, Jehovah, and like we've read before, that changes again and again throughout the Bible, specifically, particularly in the Old Testament, but um that's what the people are to do to make their offering and um basically proclaim their allegiance to the Lord and to the commandments that they've been given verse 18 also also today the lord has proclaimed you to be his special people just as he promised you that you should keep all his commandments so the um they're also to embrace the idea that they're considered a special people to the lord and that contradicts what we've read before that the lord is unbiased and shows no favoritism um so why would one people be more special than another? Why would men be more respected than women? Why would males have more rights than females? It's because uh, the Lord they're serving if if they really believe it's the if you really are to believe it's the Lord or more likely as they've said the religion they're preaching is very much biased and shows favoritism and is patriarchal. It's set up for the benefit of men. Just as in America in modern times, it's set up for the benefit of straight white men, like genuinely straight, not in the closet or down low pretending to be white, not uh, passing for white like if you're light-skinned Cuban or some other race. And men, actual born male men, not uh, trans men, it's set up for your success, and it seems to me that when people still aren't able to succeed, because a whole lot of the system is set up for your failure, no matter what color you are, um, but if you're in that group, genuinely straight, genuinely thoroughly white, and um, uh, born male if you fall into that group and still aren't able to succeed with all the system being set up for your success it leads to that self-loathing and uh hating others and that whole white supremacy ideal ideal is ide- i'm sorry white supremacy ideology steps in and people soak that up as their excuse for why they didn't make it why they're struggling and they put the blame on the others um rather than Realize that the system isn't set up for everyone to succeed, not even every straight white male. Um it's just not. But you know, it's the way to keep people divided and conquered. Verse 19 and that he will set you high above all nations, which he has made in praise, in name and in honor, and that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. So um in and following this ritual with the making the offering and declaring these words, um, it's sort of affirming that uh, the people have a special place in uh, God's eyes and in the world. And that um, they're taking part in this blessing that the people are proclaiming for themselves, that manifest destiny, that God is on their side and um, the world is theirs to conquer. And we know that that's not how it turned out In his historically. And that's not how it is uh, currently. But it is what it reads. So that's why we're reading it. Uh, that's why we were reading it. Because that's the last verse in this chapter. So that's where we'll end this reading. As always, I appreciate you joining me and reading along with me. And hope you'll join me again for The Naked Truth. Stay safe. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.